You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the couch bro tatoes i'm alex Morrison. and kicking off here we're gonna be diving into actually i'm gonna be selfish here my favorite director we've talked about your favorite director chris and all his have we yeah when do we, oh, we talked about favorite directors mm-hmm. like around the table yeah in, in which i got i re-listened to that pretty recently and i got to go like and I like Kevin Smith. Okay, everyone, have we hope we have a good episode. Good night. <laughs> no one gives a fuck about him. <laughs> well, well, see, that's the thing is, this is still going to be semi-topical because um, Kevin Smith has always kind of popped around back and forth in mm-hmm. popularity, and like recently, it seems like. Between Clerks 3, mm-hmm. which over the holidays finally got released on DVD and Blu-ray, um, between Clerks 3 and then Masters of the Universe, this dude can't catch a break right now. Yeah. I liked Masters of the Universe. I thought he did a great job. Well, see, not to pull up and beat a dead horse, but what people are complaining about with that one, and I can see both sides, is he was really pushing that series hard. Yeah. And saying that He-Man was going to be a predominant thing and this, that, and the other. And then for Tila to be the main character after that, a lot of people considered him a liar. I think it's just because it's not finished. Well, no, that his season's finished. Well, I'm talking about the series. Well, yeah, the series isn't finished, but Mm -hmm. if going into it all you have is that first season or Mm -hmm. whatever and you're told one thing and then given another you get labeled a liar after that. So a lot of people have just kind of been like, you know, well, he's a fucking liar. Everyone said that this wasn't going to happen. And it did. Everyone I've talked to who's older than me, who would have been around during the OG, like he man series, or even, you know, young enough to enjoy the he man series in the early two thousands, back when Toonami got a hold of it and did like three whole fucking seasons of just, brutal fucking stuff and i'm not even talking about the third generation but like the first and second generation people really loved the series on netflix uh and netflix i will say are probably the worst people to fucking work for they are people have these fan favorite series and we're just going to cut them off we're just going to cut the cord uh they're losing their great directors from uh the last few series now they're going to amazon so all those contracts just ended. <laughs> but, you know, and I'm not even commenting on the quality of the show, mm-hmm. if it's good or bad. But it would be like saying, you know, hey, Alex, you like chocolate cake, don't you? I, I heard your birthday's coming soon. You know, chocolate cake's pretty tasty, isn't it? What if I put limes in it? <laughs> well, and then all of a sudden birthday rolls around and you give me a vanilla cake. It's like, well, I'm not necessarily complaining about the cake, but... The entire time you've been talking about a chocolate cake, man. Yeah. Like, and now you're giving me the vanilla. Like, what, no, what, can, the, what the fuck that. is this? No, I totally understand that. But you know, at the end of the day, it's still a product. Yeah, 
And the, I've always saw Kevin Smith as more like a nerdy version of Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> like, like he, if I wanted, he wouldn't so- agree with you in public, but I feel like he agrees. Yeah, but like if I wanted someone to make a a nerdy thing, you know, who would actually enjoy doing it and actually deal with this whole toxic fandom of any sort, I'd get Kevin Smith to make it. Yeah, especially if it's comic book oriented. You know, because everyone's throwing it, throwing it in their hat in the ring, and they are fucking up. <laughs> well, he refuses to touch a main series comic. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm not an idiot. Yeah, but if, like, <laughs> if he did like, if he did like Spawn, that'd be the shit. Yeah, no, I, I still just don't see him doing much of that. Mm. And on this episode, I don't think we're going to talk much Clerks Three, um, mainly because I think that needs to be a whole episode if we wanted it to be, yeah. uh, because it just it kind of covers everything that we're going to talk about in this episode, which is, in so many words, we're going to rank the Kevin Smith movies <laughs> without uh, we don't have like the official ranking thing right above us. But number it's, it's, one, cop out. Oh God, number one, <laughs> but number one. But hey, if you say you're ranking something, it hits the algorithm yeah. just right. So yeah, we're ranking the Kevin Smith movies. Um, first off uh, would be 1994's Clerks. And, you know, as most people know, it was shot for $27,575. And most of that was put on a credit card and selling his own comic books. Because Kevin wrote the movie, directed the movie. Mm co-produced the movie and basically helped edit the movie as well yeah that's a <laughs> in the convenience store he worked at and if you go to like the history of movies people who kind of like do that die hard kind of style of i want to make a movie so bad uh, another version of this is the movie rocky i don't know if you know the history of that but sylvester sloan sold his dog and to get that script done and get that shit done and uh the guy who he sold the dog to was a dick and wanted like $24,000 for the dog to come back. Wow. And a uh, funny story about that. Uh, he has two turtles in the movie called Cuff and Link. Mm-hmm. And he still has them today. <laughs> Hell <laughs> I think that's yes. fucking hilarious. But like, Hell yes. that, you know, Kevin, hearing about that when making Clerks, I was like, yeah, that that's a diehard project. You know, I, I really want to do this i'm willing to give up what i have and you, you can't and we hear, we don't hear the the untold stories of other people who've done this with indie indie films and stuff and i'm glad he made it you know uh, it it is his stamp though you know there isn't many movies like this in any way possible it's an original story uh anytime we see you know the the quintessential store worker mm-hmm. it's always an npc side character but we've got a whole narrative just about that, and that's high up on my list. Oh, absolutely, and and I would say this is one of them that I go back to and watch probably the least now mm-hmm. because I almost just know it so well. Yeah, and also the last time I watched it, maybe it's just because I know it so well, or you know, because I'm a little bit older. It almost felt like it just dragged a little too much. Mm-hmm. Like there were certain like scenes where it's like the editor in me, as he always talks about, you know, he's like, I'm always editing mm-hmm. as I'm watching something. Okay, Kevin Smith. Well, I'm doing the same thing to your movie now. I'm watching it and mentally editing and going, you could have trimmed up this scene here just a little bit tighter. Mm-hmm. And that would have actually been a little bit funnier, you yeah. know, in this, that, and the other. And it's all shit that, again, I bet you he's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, looking at now, well, I would totally do that. Well, he goes, just, but it is what it is because it is what is exactly what you're saying. It sparked. It's it's weird how it rolled because he saw 
a movie mm-hmm. that inspired him immediately to want to do this. Yeah. And then by releasing this cheap black and white film yeah. released in 94. So the only reason it was black and white is because of cost, yeah. because you still had to pay for film. All of a sudden, a bunch of people went, wait, I can anyone can make a movie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the great thing about the original clerks is it feel if, it feels like if I had gone to film school, these are the movies I'm going to be watching. My other students are going to be making, mm-hmm. you know, this, this is, you know, new ideas, you know, it kind of goes even with the black and white, just to keep it cheap. You know, a lot of kids do that. Quentin Tarantino does that even in an actual full funded movies, he'll go black and white just to give it that feel. Yeah. Uh, and other, other directors do it. It's a good throw off a little bit. Uh, the artist did this. And it won a fucking Oscar for some goddamn reason, but like it, it, it brings you back to like a feel of like my friend made this. Check this out. Yep, like a YouTube video. And I think a lot of criticisms for that movie are because you're presenting it now with with the stuff you've already watched, mm-hmm. as opposed to when it came out. There wasn't really anything to go by. Yeah, other than well, like film still, school kids. It's still regarded as one of the best. Oh no, I'm not going. I'm Smith not going about films. that. But I'm just saying like any criticisms we have for it we right, we right. put on it from like watching michael bay movies <laughs> <laughs> but no it's the it's the movie in which we get introduced to dante and randall who mm-hmm. we will follow all the way up until this very year um stuck in two dead-end jobs one working at a video store one working as a convenience store clerk and exactly what you said the day in the life of yeah you got the video store clerk that really doesn't take his job seriously and it's kind of a at least in this movie a lovable asshole you know he he doesn't really by the second movie he starts becoming like a little bit more asshole asshole but in this one he's more just the snarky (laughs) even, even though it is a video store it doesn't it doesn't horribly date the movie. You know what I'm saying? Like when we watch some movies, they're really dated on like, it's always like, Oh, this guy's got like a housewife. He works a 40 hour job. He comes home, blah, 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 blah. No, this guy works at a video store. We had those all the way up to the mid thousands. Yeah. That they don't exist anymore. No, even if they do they're niche. Mm-hmm. And like uh, another movie that kind of plays on this is be kind of rewind about a latent video store and they make their own movie. And you know, you can see callbacks to clerks and, and other Kevin Smith products from Jack black. And uh, I forget the most deaf uh, are the two guys in that movie, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it doesn't date the movie. It doesn't ruin it. It's still just a convenience store job, even though they do, a niche thing yeah yeah and so many cool little tricks where it's like within the movie where uh walter flanagan who mm-hmm. winds up playing a big role later on in the kevin smith universe uh, by the time he starts doing podcasting mm-hmm. uh he pulls in his two friends named brian johnson and walt flanagan mm-hmm. uh who both show up in these movies later and it's just like hey kids uh i'm just talking with my friends and these are two people that were in my movies say hey guys and both of them were just like uh Hi. Yeah. Like, we. what are you doing? Why, why are we doing it, this thing? Get camera out of my face. Yeah. I mean, well, not, <laughs> not just the camera, but the talking about the podcasting bit. Mm-hmm. They're like, hi, why are we doing this podcast yeah. thing? This is weird. No one knows us. No one yeah. gives a shit about us. He's like, well, tell our story, man. We've been friends ever since we've been, like, you know, kids. You know, I, I want to talk about that shit. And then, sure enough, enough people were interested, and they created their own show, Tell Them Steve Dave, yeah. which later morphed into Comic Book Men. That was mm-hmm. a TV show on A&E. Yeah. So, 
you've got all these different people that wind up playing such big roles mm-hmm. in the universe of Kevin Smith later, which I find yeah. that to be really cool that you see like the very beginnings of it where like Walter, he's the guy that's like checking all the eggs. Mm-hmm. He also is uh, the one trying to buy a pack of cigarettes after the whole meltdown yeah. over the uh, lung yeah. and all this other shit. Um, he also plays, I think, uh, one of the people yelling and throwing Twinkies at one or throwing c- cigarettes and shit. It's like he plays like five different people in this movie, yeah. all because he had to shoot late at night and had like maybe two people he could call on to be like, hey, uh, are you available at one o'clock in the morning to shoot this stupid background scene as my main characters do something? Yeah. Please? (laughs) Like I said, it feels like a film school movie, so you're going to have your friends involved. You're going to have, you know, people you know and love. Yeah. Even even throw in the cash for it. (laughs) Yeah. So, and thankfully he was able to pay everyone, you know, at least a couple bucks, you know, standard rate, you know, what was available. And, um, yeah, there was also an alternate ending where uh, Dante gets shot at the end. Yeah. And he was actually showing that around at the film festivals and stuff. Like, um, I kind of like that ending better. And it is kind of a... And I, that's why I wanted to bring it up. Because I get where he came from with that mm-hmm. one. It's the ultimate bad day. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even supposed to be there today. Yeah. You know, it's like... it's what what. I actually understand the humor in it. Like, mm-hmm. there's almost like a yeah. kind of punchline at that at the end. Because how does the movie end after uh, a dead guy is found? Uh, well, a dead guy was jacking off in the uh, bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, the girl wound up uh, using him <laughs> when she went to the bathroom. Uh, they had to deal with a uh, dead friend. Um all this other shit, underage smoking kid buying cigarettes, uh, the other, uh, Chuli's gum rep calls it an yep. absolute scene, all the Jay and Silent Bob antics, all this shit, all the crap they've dealt with all fucking day, and Randall just walks in, he's like, oh yeah, and by the way, oh yeah, and starting off the day, gum in the locks, yep. so he can't even get the fucking shutter up, uh, so Randall gives him the sheet that he wrote that we're you know we're actually open sign. I'm like, sure you were open. Yeah. Yes, he tosses him this thing and he's just like, "You're closed." Mm-hmm. Well, shows him locking up. Guy last second walks in. He goes, "Hey, hey, we're closed for the night." Points a gun at him. Pow! Puts one right through his chest. Reaches back there, grabs the money, runs out the door. Yeah. So I get the yeah of it all. But it does also. It, but in the actual movie, it just cuts where he says, "You're closed," and tosses him the sign. You get like some more rock music in the background, and then it goes to the credit scene. I kind of like that one a little better because I, see, I, I know why they did it is probably because you know the '90s audience probably wouldn't have liked a a very visceral. <laughs> dead of you know killing of a protagonist yeah because that is not popular in the early 90s now it happens all the fucking time in horror movies oh yeah we drop people all the time but i don't know coming from someone and you've worked these jobs too Mm -hmm. both of us have done you almost kind of have that feeling though when you know your shift is finally over at that Mm -hmm. mind-numbing job i've been robbed how all of a sudden i I know yeah it's still it's 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 still funny but but (laughs) 
But that feeling of like, as soon as you know you're clocked out, you almost hear like the rock music start playing in your head of just like, fuck yeah. Whether what era it be, if you know, yeah. I'm about to go home and play some video games or watch a killer movie, I'm leaving. or I'm about to have me a beer, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, it, you also kind of get that feeling of like the relief for that character of, ah, yes, he's off work. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it probably would have been funnier if it was like more than one day. If it was like a continue instead of just one continuous day, which you know, plot line wise, it works great. Yeah, you know, but this job would be great if it wasn't for the customers. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's every, it's, it, this job would be great if I didn't have to work. <laughs> if I didn't have to actually do anything, like the video store guy. And that's that's one thing I will say about Randall is, uh, as much as I hate him, that job, the what he what he's actually doing, the mm-hmm. little mom and pop video store is what we had in my town we had a blockbuster but blockbuster's fucking expensive yeah but we had stuff like t-town video and like all these little mom family and pop. video yeah but like more mom and pop shops you know and that, no corporate no no family we didn't have family video till years years later after blockbuster went out but we had these little you know retro video and stuff like that um, and actually, here in town in Charlotte, uh, we've got Vizart Video. Yeah, uh, that has like a whole bunch of old VHS and DVD, and you know, I guess Blu-ray now too. Yeah, um, but no, it's, it's it's funny that those that even though they're gone, like corporate wise, but they're still like these little people oh, like yeah. running around. It's still awesome. <laughs> All these little people still running around. <laughs> I'm sorry, Amazon cut your fucking head off. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, yeah, you get so many of the things that you're going to wind up seeing as callbacks mm-hmm. and, like, strikes back and... Um, mall rats. Mall rats. Well, you don't really start seeing too many of the callbacks in mall rats yet. Um, but in John Son- Jay and Silent Bob reboot, you know, and mm-hmm. everything else. And basically, everything he does post uh, Clerks 2, you're going to get a lot of references back yeah. to this movie. A lot of them. Um and my S to F ranking, um, I have to put it as a solid A. Yeah. It's not it an a. S for me, though. Yeah, put it as an A. Yeah. Uh, right after that, we've got Mall Rats. That was a fun <laughs> Man, I like Mall Rats better than Clerks. Really? Yeah, I really do. I like Brody. I like the whole setup of mall rats so much better than clerks like anytime i show someone like because you know i'll meet a new friend girlfriend whatever and they humor me and they're like no i've not seen the kevin smith movies i don't know the lore i always start with a deep sigh and go we've got to get through clerks first it's funny but don't judge the entire filmography on this movie. But this movie is so important to all the rest of them. Yeah. You have to still see it, though. It's like you're trying to show somebody like Star Wars or some shit. Oh, no, we got to watch New Hope. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's going to be the slowest of yeah. all of them. But yeah. trust me, hang in. It's good. <laughs> it's like, And then always go, it's good. We just got to get to Mallrats. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to like Mallrats. And sure enough, everyone winds up liking it after we get to that. Because you've got an all-star cast, too. you got um, Michael Rooker in it. Mm-hmm. You've got Ethan Supley. Yep. Uh, and then uh, the guy that played Brody... Um, Jason Lee. Jason Lee. He goes on to have a huge career in not only skating, but, you know, TV and more film. Uh, And 
it's just an all-around good movie. You got the two main characters that get broken with up, broken up with at the very beginning. Yeah. What's the way to solve this, guys? Let's go to the mall. Yeah. In which they run into Jay and Silent Bob. And they're all having this fucking, you know, uh, Looney Tunes adventure of, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can almost hear the Scooby-Doo every time they're around. It gave me the same kind of vibe as, like, High Fidelity. Yeah. Yeah, High Fidelity John Cusack has the same fucking vibe. It's just like, we're going to... Because Mallrats also has, I believe, Liv Tyler. No. Is Liv Tyler in Mallrats? I'm going to pull it up real quick. But uh, in High Fidelity, it's it's Liv Tyler and John Cusack, I think. But uh, Yeah, no, we got uh, Shannon Doherty. Shannon Doherty, that's, that's who I was thinking about. Yeah. But uh, anyway, you got that same dynamic about a relationship involved in like a store scenario. And John Cusack's best buddy, Jack Black... Is just the comic relief. He's like a single man version of fucking Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, and one thing about Silent Bob, as Kevin Smith is, it's always a poetic monologue of just like a paragraph when he speaks, and it, and it really brings the whole movie down. Yeah, to like a plow, like a palatable <laughs> pace pacing because it's just like uh, I think everything's kind of gone off the rails, and it's just like he just grabs somebody. Yeah. <laughs> of the car said critters of hollywood and it's just like yeah yeah okay now we're back <laughs> we're back to reality yeah and actually i think this is the only movie that it doesn't it's not anything kind of like worthwhile in that regard because mm-hmm. the first one is uh you know not all women bring come to work and bring you lasagna most yeah. of them cheat on you yeah. you know it's just like oh fuck 31 dicks. Yeah, 37. 37. Come on, You man. always forget about the six. <laughs> you can forgive the six. <laughs> but no, so it's like, you know, that, that was kind of a, you know, that was a line that brought Dante back down a little mm-hmm. bit. He's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. All right. Word. <laughs> and then in um, Chasing Amy, he actually tells the story of Amy. You know, all that stuff. Um, but then this movie, he just says... He just gives a a Star Wars quote. Yeah, yeah, it was some uh, Force quote or whatever, and it, and it and it does kind of bring it back because this is a very nerdy movie in all of his movies. Oh yeah, because the one and only Stan Lee, yes, shows up because uh, the main hook of it is uh, so T.S.'s uh, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Her father, who is Michael Rooker, is trying to host a TV game show, uh, dating game type thing, uh, kind of like a matchmaker. Yeah, kind of like a Chuck Barris kind of thing. Yeah, um, and he was just like, "Hey, I'm going to put you in the show." T.S. didn't agree, so that caused them to break up. All this other shit. So now the entire movie is T.S. trying to win her back. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they tried to, and then Brody doesn't like the fact that there is a TV show going on in his mall and tells Jane and Silent Bob basically just go ruin it, go fuck it up. And that entire time he's also runs into more people and he's just like, why are there fucking lines everywhere? And you find out Stan Lee is doing an autograph signing at the comic shop yeah. in which you also get one of the most important lines for his friend's career that they've built on this. You see Walt Flanagan and for the first time, Brian Johnson, Mm. they're standing out the comic shop as Brody's walking up going, what the fuck's going on here? And, and, um, 
Walt comes up and he's just like, "Hey, buddy, do you have a problem?" He's like, "Yeah, what's going on in here?" He's like, uh, "He's like, in like all this whole back and forth." And then Brian Johnson walks up. He's like, "Hey, you need to calm your ass." <laughs> and then he's like, "Yeah, tell him, Steve, Dave." And he's just like, oh, "You can't tell me what the fuck's going on." <laughs> so yeah. that whole line right there of yeah. "Tell him, Steve, Dave." Mm. That one is an inside joke because the comic shop that Kevin Smith and Walt Flanagan used to go to together, um, and I think it was the guy, I could be swapping around stories here, he's got a whole lot of them, but uh, I think it's the guy that later on they did business with to try to buy a comic shop. But they were never sure if the guy's name was Steve or or Dave. So... Instead of risking embarrassment to ask again, mm-hmm. they always just very shorthand. All right, Steve, Dave, <laughs> like that. That way, they can always call out, be like, "No, no, no, no I was saying Dave, or yeah. no, no, I was it's just saying Steve." I just had, a, sorry. <laughs> I was kind of like uh, the the Kiss podcast, "No Time to Turn." That's you know, it's just a lyric, yeah, out of nowhere. Yep, that, you, that we just choose, mm-hmm. you know, just like anything else. Uh, well, something good for you was yeah. like that. It was a riff on a Super Sucker song that we actually got permission to use in the intro. Ha yeah. ha. Thought that was cool. Um, but yeah, and so the entire time that's happening, and then you also get Ben Affleck in yes. this food in this film. And yeah. I think it was like only his second acting job. Period. Yeah, I think uh, he had done. Uh, I think Goodwill Hunting was around that time. Goodwill Hunting was after. Yeah, uh, Goodwill Hunting, and then before that, it would have been. Oh, it's kind of hard to say, because I don't know. Because a lot of actors go by different names, go by like their full names mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, I'm actually gonna pull his up real quick, just as a side, because was it yeah, was it, it wasn't Phantoms, no, Phantoms later. Yeah. Act like you were Bob and <laughs> Exactly, exactly. No, and the reason I even bring that up is because um, I, I think that's also something pretty important. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dazed and Confused. Yeah. He, that's he, what he was in. Everybody's in that fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he had only done a little bit of television before mm-hmm. that. Yeah, Dazed and Confused. I, I would love to do a whole word talking about that fucking movie. But yeah, he, he played just a teeny tiny little part in Dazed and Confused. Well, he's, a, he's a major part of the movie. He's one of the three. Well, Fred. Yeah, yeah he, he's Pink's best friend. <laughs> I, I gotta decrease the role a little bit and make it seem like Mallrats was like his first like major film, Chris. Come on. No, it was Phantoms. <laughs> he was the no, bomb. No, it's Phantoms, goddammit. He was the bomb in Phantoms, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and, um... And I think it's also a great uh, performance by uh, Michael Rooker. Oh, Michael Rooker's fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. He, he's one of those guys who takes those weird bit parts, and if it gets popular, he fucking runs with it. And he's he's kind of like Carlo Esposito, the guy mm-hmm. who plays Gus Fring, uh, <laughs> who, who kind of demands more. When, when it comes to his character. So, like, uh, he plays Merle in Walking Dead. First time you see him, this racist prick loses his hand, and you're thinking he's fucking dead. Yeah. And then they show him again with a fake, like, blade hand, and it's like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then he apologized about being a prick. But then he shows up in Guardians, so mm-hmm. which is another, you know, I'm not saying a Kevin Smith thing, but a kind of 
kind of like that kind of property. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. a real nerdy kind of thing. And it's very niche. No one really knows what the fucking Guardians of the Galaxy are when that <laughs> shit came out. But like, he's also in like stupid fucking movies like Slither. Mm-hmm. He's he's involved with Joss Whedon on a lot of his stuff. Who later comes up with Kevin Smith on some of his stuff. And it, it, he is also just a character actor from hell. Yeah. And I love Michael Rooker. He's fucking hilarious. And he does a fucking bang up job in this movie uh, because he, he's, he plays the perfect unhinged businessman father yeah, type. A, yeah. He's fucking fantastic. as oh, a, yeah. a psycho. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, because uh, they already, you know, show you in the, early in the movie that Stanley's at the uh, mall. Mm. Of course, he has to make an appearance. And, yeah, right at the very end of it when Brody's also trying to get back his girl after saying he didn't want her back the whole movie. Uh, yeah, he winds up talking with Stanley and it's a pretty sweet little moment because... You just see them talking, and Stanley gives him like a solid piece of advice. You yeah. know, he's just like, you no, know, he's playing. He's, he's Stanley. Yeah, know? he's going to give you a solid. You know, uh, he's a storyteller. Yeah, let me tell you about the power of responsibility. <laughs> and the awesome little kind of behind the curtain on that is the story that Stanley tells is that uh, he had this one girlfriend, this that and the other, but she was always getting upset because he was putting comic books first and this that and the other, and he and he was like, well. But look at you now, you're Stan fucking Lee. You know, I'm sure she feels pretty dumb. And he's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, she may, she may. But she's still the one, though. Yeah. You know, it's like she was still that one. And, you know, he's just like, take care, Brody. You know, do what you need to do. And he was just like, oh, fuck, I got to get my girl back. You know, that kind of thing. And all of a sudden, T.S., catches Stan later on and says, you know, did he buy the story? He's like, hook, line, and sinker. He believed every bit of it. Mm. The only reason that part is in there is because Stan read the script and went, Kevin, I love it, but I have a problem. That's not what happened to me. That's not my story. He's like, yeah, I know, I know. But, like, you know, you're not playing, like, the real Stanley. You're playing a Stanley. Yeah. It's like, you know, just, you know, I, I, I figured you didn't want to tell, like, your story. He's just like, no, no, I get it. But, like. One line of dialogue makes me an asshole. It basically, <laughs> yeah. he said that. He was just like, you know, he goes, I love my wife. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's, that's not what happened. Like, she stuck by me. I had a really good woman. Mm-hmm. And he was just like. Okay, okay, well, uh, what would you suggest? He goes, I don't know. Maybe one of your friends put me up to it. (laughs) And he's like, you know, that's actually not a bad idea. (laughs) So Stan actually wrote in that part for himself where T.S. is just like, hey, did he believe that bullshit story? And he says, oh, yeah, he believed every bit of it. So in the all right, real quick, real quick, just because it's, it's fucking hilarious. In the pantheon that is the MCU, do you believe Mallrats is in the MCU or Stanley himself, who's literally reading the script to Mallrats on a bus, is in the MCU? <laughs> this weird version of the metaverse of the Kevin Smith verse and the fucking MCU <laughs> melding together. I, I, I love how as you're explaining these universes, you're like semi making Doctor Strange hands. Well, no, I'm, doing the, I'm doing the hand motion. I'm just doing a hand motion of just like doubling up. Oh, I know, I knew yeah. what you meant. But still, it's like from here, it looks like you're just like yeah. <laughs> about to fucking use your sling ring. Yeah. Uh, but no, I. Sling I ring would honest- be a cool name for a ring with Coke in it. 
You know, <laughs> this is this is why I'd like to think because what you're referencing is in uh, the movie Captain Marvel mm-hmm. uh, when she is transported back to the 90s. She's uh, on a bus kicking yep. the shit out of a woman. Yep. And on that bus, you see an old man holding up a script that says Mallrats on it. It's like a mm-hmm. red script with the mm-hmm. Mallrats font. She pulls it down and it's Stan Lee. Well, here... Here's where the Kevin Smith nerd has to come in. The Stan Lee they show is not the Stan Lee that showed up in that movie. Yeah. Because the Stan Lee that showed up in the movie just had a salt and pepper beard, salt and pepper yeah, hair, yeah. you know. But they decided to use old man Stan Lee in the 1990s clip in yeah. Captain Marvel. Mm. So I, that could just be a weird continuity slip. Yeah. But. This is at least what I would like to think. Coming from someone that has, you know, been like a big time fan of something for a long time or, you know, a hardcore, you know, championer for something, you know, okay, well, I'll use Kevin Smith as uh, a smaller barometer, but as an example, um, you know, love his films, love what he does, this, that, and the other. If he were to acknowledge, that the fill-ins were a band that like Jay and Silent Bob listened to. I would be like, fuck yeah, the fill-ins are in the Jay and Silent Bob universe. I don't give a shit. And to me, I see that as Kevin Feige, after all these years of seeing him as a Mm. fan being like, look, if we put you in a movie, it breaks immersion, dude. Like, we can't put Kevin Smith in a Marvel movie. Come on, bro. Like, that's going to fuck it up. But we can say you're in the universe. Yeah. And the, he never he found out he didn't get permission, quote unquote. He never did any of that. He just put it in because he knew that Kevin would have been like, what the fuck? That's yeah. so awesome. So, no, I think that's Kevin's way of just acknowledging a hardcore fan, mm-hmm. you know, and just being like, hey, bud, you're here too with us. I just like the, even in the ECU, they do these little things. Like, uh, there was that big uh, uh, call for what's her name via Von Trub to be a squirrel girl. Mm-hmm. But we see her in an MCU movie, like, watching shit, like, holy shit, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Ball Rats, uh, I'd put it as an A. It's not a big, it, uh, maybe a B even. I, like, I do like Clerks more. For me, this one has to go on my personal S. Mm hmm. Um, mainly because I would say this is in my top three favorite Kevin Smith films. No. Um, is is it objectively perfect? No. But out of all of the earlier stuff, I think this is the most solid effort. I think it's the most earnest. And honestly, I think it even has a little bit more character than the first movie did. Yeah. But it could just be a bigger budget. <laughs> yeah, they did get a, t- a little bit more of a budget on this one. Well, he, didn't have uh, to, he didn't have to pawn his possessions. No, <laughs> he didn't. Thank God. Uh, next up on the list is 97's Chasing Amy. I've only seen this movie once. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even watching it, I didn't realize it was like a Kevin Smith movie. You know, this is very Ben Affleck centric. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget the girl's name, but she shows up later in a few other movies. Uh Joey Lauren Adams, who, oddly enough, number one, was also in Mallrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was the guy that Kevin busts uh, head in when he was uh, bat, uh, silent Batman, whatever the yeah. fuck his name is. Um, but also, they were dating around that time. Mm. So, odd little tidbit that Kevin and Joey Adams were uh, dating. And he made her a lesbian. 
<laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, this is this is just a, a big. The, the whole movie is about a big misunderstanding. <laughs> yeah, and uh, one of the few movies that kind of catches a little flack these days. It does. It doesn't age well. No, uh, because the whole hook of the movie is uh, Ben Affleck falls in love with a lesbian. Yep. Very and simple. the lesbian kind of falls in love back, and neither one of them know how to really deal with that. Yeah. And it's kind of a sad movie. Yeah, it's 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 something we kind of see with Kevin Smith a lot is a weird version of a romance movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of those, a lot of his movies have a romance undertone, which is just great. It adds to the story, but they are sad but more realistic. Yeah, they are. They're not like a romantic comedy that you see. It's just like, oh no. You celebrate Christmas. I live in a city. I'm a I'm a piece of shit. So you know what I'm saying? Like these yeah. little holiday romance movies, but like his are very real. Yeah, I will say that. Um, it probably didn't resonate with a lot of audiences just because it's you know it's the early '90s. Yeah. So it's it, it, find your crowd. And, and honestly, I've seen this one a good bit, and the first few times I watched it, like it really made me sad because. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it just struck a chord with me in a different way because I was sitting here going like, was the way he went about this movie the best? No. There were some things that were a little problematic with the way lesbianism was being portrayed. Mm. But the way I was also looking at it is like, and, and you know, and they, they had that really weird scene where it was just like, we all have to have a three way to get these feelings out. Yeah. You know, and shit like that. That's like, where it catches flack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big time. I can absolutely agree and relate to that. That's now, a they, really weird fucking now, scene. In a weird way, if he was to remake this and talk about like a polyamory couple with mixed feelings, that would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but the resolution of it is what always broke my heart. Yeah. Which was. They understood that they still loved each other, mm-hmm. but they still weren't going to be with each other. Yeah. That was, to me, the heartbreaking part. Is It was just like they couldn't get over their own feelings for each other or what their own thoughts were enough to actually make it work. They still had those feelings, but they had to deal with it. And it's like, what was his coping mechanism? Writing a comic book about it. And it was just like, ah, you make the art out of the pain. It was just like, so no, watching that as like a young teen, you know, still figuring shit out in life. I was just like, oh, this movie hurts. Yeah, Yeah, I think I watched it on, uh, I forget what it was, was like TNT or TBS that came on. And I I remember watching it, I'm just like, that's a Sunday movie. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's a good lazy movie. Um, Honestly. I'd put it like a C. It, it it falls between a B and an A for me. Yeah, I don't know because I feel like actually I, I put the original Clerks today. I'll put this on the same level as that for me. Um, it, with all its faults and stuff, it was the first time we kind of got a serious movie mm-hmm. out of Kevin, and I don't know. It might actually be one of his stronger. It's a more serious film. Well, that's what I was going to say. It might be one of her, his more stronger of the serious mm-hmm. films. Yeah. Because he tries to make a few other serious films that may not quite land. Uh, but yeah, moving on from that, we've got Dogma. Fucking S-tier. <laughs> you talk about that one a second while I guess a drink. Because I have maybe watched this one once yeah. in its entirety. It's kind of hard to find because... Uh, 
as Kevin Smith says, uh, oddly enough, a movie about angels is owned by the devil. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, Harvey Weinstein still yeah. owns this movie. Yeah. No, I love Dogma. You know, you get Ben Affleck, Matt Damon playing as angels. It's a solid flick. Uh, your story is fucking outlandish. You know, what if Jesus had kids? You got Alan Rickman from Die Hard, which probably comes back later to bite Kevin Smith in the ass. Uh, you get uh, Chris Rock, Jay and Silent Bob have a bigger role. Uh, Selma Hayek is in it, you know, and she's coming off around the same time of pulling a Quentin Tarantino movie from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're getting so many And then good you get Alanis Morissette as God. Yeah. But it also has George Carlin. Yes. As the, the, uh, the bishop and the cardinal. And there's so much stuff going on in the movie, it doesn't let up. The only stupid part of the movie is the shit demon, but even that, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and uh, Jason Lee playing a devil, mm-hmm. a version of a devil, has one of the funniest lines I've ever heard. And it was, uh, they, in the beginning, they kill this housewife or whatever, and he turns the heat on in the house and he says there's no sin greater than central air and it's so funny because you're literally controlling the environment in which you live in because god said it should rain and you're just like fuck that it's sunny day in this motherfucker <laughs> but like you know what i'm saying it's, it's it's a slap in the face with all of technology and george carlin playing a a kind of a, a fascist Catholic is fucking perfect, and it's all. And he's a rebrand guy too, so he's like a businessman. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck as angels, but it's like a buddy movie <laughs> with just them, and it's fucking hilarious. Uh, the main chick is solid at what she, she her deadpan delivery is perfect, and her friend is Janine Garofalo in the beginning of the movie, and she's Jewish, and they're having this Jewish Catholics. Uh, thing. I think you're thinking of uh, Lyndon Florentino. Yeah. So they're having this conversation. She hasn't done much uh, in acting-wise, but her and Janine Garavolo having this conversation because you remember where they work? In this movie? Yeah. Uh, no. They work at an abortion clinic. Okay. Or a women's health facility, Planned Parenthood. And they're having all these people hanging up signs, dead babies and shit. And that that is such a little part of the movie until it branches off to why Jay and Silent Bob are there. Right. Because their fucked up reasoning to come to this town was if I go to a women's clinic, the women are loose. <laughs> They'll sleep with us. Well. And like, but like that's, that's, that's their stupid fucking in, in, reason. In Jay and Silent Bob brain, that works. Yeah. <laughs> and like it's, it's, and he's like, we were going to this one place and she's like, you know that place doesn't exist, right? He's like, what? We've been watching all those fucking movies. She's like, what movies? And they're talking about 16 Candles. Uh-huh. Like, you, you mean 16 Candles, John Hughes? <laughs> he made that town up. Like, it doesn't exist. <laughs> you dumb motherfuckers. And, like, I love the Kevin Smith just slaps him on. He's just like, I fucking told you. Like, he's, doing, he's doing the hand up motion. Uh-huh. But we find out that she is a descendant of the one and only, the greatest conspiracy of all, uh, that Jesus had kids. <laughs> but, uh, we meet Alan Rickman, who shows up, who is fucking hilarious, by the way, in this movie. Uh, he plays a seraphim, which is just an angel, and who can't imbibe alcohol, which is funny because he, t- he takes her to a Mexican restaurant and is just like, and throws the tequila behind him. <laughs> He's like, we can't imbibe alcohol because we accidentally created giants. And it's just like a slap in the face 
to like the, not just the conspiracy part of it but like the religious part of it mm. just the name dogma and it's all about catholic rules and regulations and it's fucking hilarious yeah but buddy christ though <laughs> i was gonna say that the buddy christ that's one of the og memes that mm. was one of those first like five or six internet image memes that were going yeah. around with like velociraptor mm. and the uh, the happy dog and all and that we shit get, and we get you know movies is a bigger part in this yep because well, this is the first time we see movies and this is the funniest part about movies so they're getting in the elevator he's like i'm gonna do the one thing i've always wanted to do what's that kill people <laughs> but they're talking about how hard it is being an angel yeah and it's just like you know smiting sulfur raining raining down brahm and sulfur and all this you know there's only one like only a handful of activities that are just like it's just like soccer and it's just like <laughs> soccer is the physical activity that you compare to raining brimstone and sulfur to the land and killing and smiting it's like man it's almost as hard as soccer <laughs> And uh, and of course, what's funny is I have more background stories about this movie yeah. than I've actually seen the movie. Uh, for one, Rickman loved his role, yeah. um, and Carlin took his role super serious, yeah, like down to the outfit. Well, because he, Kevin was just like he he was surprised. Like he mm. said, you know, Carlin was always a huge inspiration for him. Like he loved Carlin's work. He thought he was hilarious at how you'd push the line and say the thing that's not supposed to be said. Yeah, but, so the whole seven words you can't say. Yeah, but but like even throughout his comedy career in the eighties, you know, is like he said he was still on it. He was still just pumping out this yeah. great, you know, raunchy material that you know he really enjoyed. And when he asked him to be in the movie he was just like you know oh it's gonna be it's kind of fun it's gonna be george carlin's in my movie this is gonna be great he goes all of a sudden i saw a side of him i never saw before he's like he was asking detailed questions about his character and i'm just like i i I don't know man you know just make it up yeah he's like you know just do do what you want man Mm -hmm. like take just he's and he was just like yeah but if i'm this kind of preacher i shouldn't be saying this i need to be saying this because actually you know if you look at these this kind of preacher he actually says a yada yada blah 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 Mm -hmm. and this guy does a yada yada da and knowing my history and background i know that we do that's blah 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 and he's like pulling from all these different places and he's just like taking it super serious and he, he, he of course the way Kevin tells stories he always feeds it into the next he goes he even did that in Strikes Back he's like he's he was rules just a hitch of the road yeah he goes so what actually are these rules Kevin yeah. <laughs> and he's just like George well, you, like- you know by now how these movies go he's like right but like am I kind of giving them a wink mm-hmm. or do I believe in this book and yeah. he said he put his hand on George's shoulder he goes you believe in this book more than the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, okay, I can do that. But it's, like, it's the same with all comedians, kind of like that, like Robin Williams in Insomnia and One Hour Photo. You know, he, he, he gave direction for himself a lot of those movies because he said, no, no, a guy like this unhinged wouldn't do this. And they're hearing this from Robin Williams, you know, yeah. this funny man, this, <laughs> hyper, <laughs> this, this hyperactive funny man. And he's yeah. giving directions like, well, no, if I was going to kill them, like, it's just like, <laughs> Oh shit! Like, it's like if Mister Rogers all of a sudden was like, "And here's how to clean a gun." Yeah, <laughs> but uh, which he actually would know how to do. Yeah, he just tell you not to point it at people. Yeah, but uh, with his puppets. Um, and uh, and and a good Jay story on this one is uh, throughout the first two movies. Oh, funny P.S. on uh, Mallrats. So Mallrats was the first one, as you mentioned, to actually have a budget, and because of that, uh, the distribution house at the time was just like, "Yeah." Um, that Jay guy, uh, we need to recast him. Yeah. 
and he was just like uh no that that's that's my buddy that's yes. that's my friend and they're like yeah but you know we don't we don't think he's gonna cut it uh we have this guy seth green mm-hmm. on the phone um up and coming actor really cool dude uh, i think he's gonna play the role of jay uh pretty well no and he's just like no no i i don't know who this you know kid is he's like this unknown kid seriously it would have been his first actual acting roles before like anything i think it was, it was around the same time of, like idle hand okay yeah that that may have been the only other because he gets killed yes, it's fucking hilarious yes so, that, they, the head. so and that, oh fun fact i think that uh i think that movie had um the offspring in it yeah yeah um but no so that would have been like his only he wasn't like an a-lister yet yeah. so he's just like no I, I want my friend jason muse to play the part he's like well he's gonna have to audition he's like what do you mean he's gonna have to audition for himself and eventually he talked him into like letting them uh fly he's like well we're not gonna fly him out there we're not gonna cover his costs and if by day two if we feel like he's not cutting it we're calling the seth green guy so literally he had to sit him down was just like bro you gotta take this serious you know you gotta know your shit and he showed up knocked it out you know and they're like okay fine he can stay well when he gets alan rickman for this movie he sits jay down he's just like listen motherfucker we got big timers in this movie mm-hmm. we got alan fucking rickman in this film okay you can't be fucking around all right yeah this is the big time you gotta know your shit you gotta know your lines you gotta know where to stand how to stand and you fucking deliver that shit motherfucker do not embarrass us yeah. in front of alan rickman okay jay jay Jay, <laughs> don't do this. Because here's the thing: it is you know, as much as we like the character of Jason Mewes, at that point in time, the one the guy you saw on screen was the guy off screen. Yeah, there was no just team. an insufferable asshole. Yes, like he, he he was getting to that point. You were mm. getting almost you were kind of getting to drug Jay stage yeah. at this point. <clears throat> so yeah, the person you saw on the screen was also the guy off screen, if not the the guy off screen a little bit worse. So he's just like, you gotta know your shit. And he goes, I have never seen someone know their shit more in my entire life. And day one after the shoot, I was just like, Jay, holy crap, you you know your stuff. He goes, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually know everyone's lines. He's just like, why do you know everyone's lines he goes i really didn't want to fuck up in front of that rickman guy that you kept talking about he goes who where the fuck is he he goes you've been shooting with him all day (laughs) (laughs) yeah you you want to do a complete turnaround with that motherfucker yeah Uh, but you know what's funny about the movie is like there's so many like serious moments that get you know this laid back feeling just next thing next yeah. turn and it, it's kind of like watching like a D game almost it's like <laughs> exposition fight exposition fight <laughs> and like it's it, it's fucking hilarious because uh when they meet uh one of the muses it's selma hayek at a strip club yeah and it's jay going toe-to-toe jay and silent bob going toe-to-toe with these rappers or something just trying to put dollars on the fucking table and, it's just like, <laughs> and she's just like Sigurd and Chris Rock's like, uh, wait, I know this bitch because Chris Rock plays the thirteenth apostle, Rufus. Jesus was my homeboy. He he, fucking, I got stoned in Canaan land, but 
he taught me the secrets of the resurrection, but I got drunk and forgot. And it's just like, <laughs> that is fucking hilarious <laughs> that he taught, Jesus taught this dude the secret of the resurrection, but he just got drunk and forgot and died. <laughs> yeah, and another A-lister, Chris Rock in the yeah, film. It's awesome. You know, a stacked cast, even with not just Alan Rickman, but, uh, you know, Jason Lee being the constant, you know, antagonist, along with kind of Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, who are on a mission. They're here to do one thing, one thing only. Go to a church, go through the doors because of a of a weird version of Bible theocracy is uh, something George Carlin brings up. And then he gets turned out what Chris Rock says is whatever you hold truth on earth, I hold true in heaven, which is a, a Catholic thing. But like they're thinking, hey, look, this guy's saying like we're, we're free. We, if, if, we see, if we become mortals and die and go through those gates. We can go back to heaven. We can go back home. That's the whole point. We need to go back home. And Alan Rickman's was like, no, we need to kill these motherfuckers. <laughs> like, we can't do this. And uh, where's God? He's busy. He's busy. He, play, he plays skee-ball <laughs> at an arcade on the on the boardwalk. It got killed. Well, no, and then you find out God is Alanis Morissette. Well, God is inside the body of a dead of a, of a man in a vegetative state. The whole time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, God is Alanis Morissette with man legs. Yeah. <laughs> and I love, uh, like, just the ending of the movie is perfect. They, they do what they have to do. Uh, everything, like a miracle works out for the main character. There's that weird situation is like, oh shit, the world's ending. Uh, and there's bodies falling from the sky because Ben Affleck's murdering people in the sky. <laughs> and Jay is just undoing his pants. being like, you said if it was the end of the world, you fuck me. So, <laughs> she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and I love, I love Salma Hayek and Kevin Smith just grabbing his head mm-hmm. when God is about to talk. And it's just like, shut your fucking ears, you idiot. Wait, who's this bitch? And it's just like, he just looks at God and is like, who's this bitch? Uh-huh. She touches his face. Uh-huh. And it's like, everything's <gasps> fine. And then the, the movie ends, and this is probably the most hated movie by Catholics. Yes. Oh, my God. The the protest for against this movie is hilarious. Yep. And and I love the, uh, the, the, the fact that Kevin Smith actually incognito joined yeah. some of the protests and like some of the cast and crew joined and like incognito and like yeah. no one noticed because no, one, no one watched the movie well no one pays attention about anything that's no. how that's how the daily show is able to get correspondence in the middle of like a fucking trump rally and it's just like uh so you believe gorillas don't exist it's just like what the fuck how did you get in there oh he just wore a hat <laughs> uh, but no i'll uh i'll have to throw i'll have to throw it to you on the ranking on this tier because again i've watched it maybe once or twice yeah. and it was good uh just i don't know i guess every time i tried to start it up it just mm-hmm. wasn't the right time and i just didn't fall into it or fall any interest in sci-fi would play it quite a bit yeah and it it was a fun movie uh but yeah as i kind of mentioned uh this is really heavy heroin era jay mm-hmm. i mean uh especially after this movie because they're really starting to become you know known he's starting to get easy access to this stuff and you yeah. know it's kind of it's kind of putting a strain not only on the business of things but on the friendship of things yeah, that's, and, that's always going to happen so by 2001, Kevin Smith decides, all right, I'm done with this view askew universe bullshit. Um, I'm putting, I'm closing the book. Yeah. I'm closing the book on it. I'm making a movie called Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And we're going to kind of showcase where all these different characters have been once before. Mm-hmm. And we're going to wrap it up with a big music number. And it's just going to be a fun the end to this movie or to this whole franchise series. Yeah. And man, this is a fantastic fucking movie. Oh, S tier. 
I love this movie. It's a, it's a slapstick comedy. <laughs> it's about two guys just trying to get across from one end to the other. To stop this bullshit comic book movie from being made. Yeah. But it's, it, it's it's like the troll culture, you know, is where it comes from, you know. Oh, these guys are a bunch of, you know, expletive of this, expletive of that. And, oh, my God, these guys are just going to do the one thing. Well, we want to find out who these assholes are. You're, and I love Ben Affleck being the voice of reason. He's like, first of all, you want to track down every person who doesn't like you and kick the shit out of them fuck yeah yeah, we do they're talking mad shit on us trying to keep us from getting that puss that's fucking retarded (laughs) (laughs) but like i love me imagine if we brought these two hotties back to our place salad bob and i about to get down and be like oh wait aren't you these two fuckheads that we saw in those fucking movies i love the i love the opener that they were destined to meet because their moms are just lazy pieces of shit yes okay yeah so the opening of the movie uh 1970s or 60s, 70s, um, yeah, yeah uh, New Jersey, and it even has uh, God, what's the fucking song? Ah, fuck, it's a real popular song, but yeah. it's like classic 70s rock and yeah. roll blaring. And uh, Life's, is it Life's Been Good So Far by Tom Jawosh? I think so. Yeah, Joe Walsh. Yeah. Life's been good so far. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so it starts off with that, and it's like it's Kevin Smith's, um, I mean, uh, Silent Bob's mom drops him off, which, side note, uh, baby Silent Bob is played by his daughter, Harley. <laughs> uh, so she leaves him there. He's like, hey, baby, now mommy's just going to run in here really quick, okay? You know, just like super sweet with him. You know, here, put this hat on. That way, you know, keeps Stay the warm. sun out of your eyes. You Jay's, know, so Jay's mom's like, I'm going to go ahead and buy a pack of wraps. <laughs> yeah, but he's just like, all right, you stay out here, you little shit bag. I'm going to, mommy's going to go in here and score some fucking cash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, uh, and even it's, the, and it's the like guy's a, it's like, like a Beavis and Butthead kind of thing. Yeah, and the guy's like, hey, you really gonna leave these two little kids over here? He's like, who's watching these kids? It's like, um... The big one's watching the little one. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, boom, immediately even sets up the uh, chemistry right there. He's the like, the fuck uh, is wrong with you, lady? Yeah, he's like, fuck, fuck. you! Fuck you! Uh, fuck. 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 And the song. Yeah. Yep, and then it just blends them into current days of fuck. Fuck, fuck, motherfucker, 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 noise, noise, noise. One, Mikey and I will just bust into that. Like we've been just like riding to a show, and um, like something happens, or you know, at some point we say fuck in a sentence, and we're like fuck, 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 like that. We just start buzzing, and he always takes up the furthest. I usually stop right there, and he just goes rolling into the smoking weed, smoking. Weed smoking fatties rolling blunts. Who smokes, smokes the blunts? blunts? We, we smoke the blunts. blunts. <laughs> rolling fatties smoking blunts. <laughs> it's funny because, like, I, this is one of the continuity things I fucking love are the two people buying weed from him, and it's always the same guy. Yes. He has a friend. It's always different sometimes. It's like sometimes it's Ethan Supley, sometimes it's someone else. <laughs> but it's, it's the same guy. Yeah. The first kid. He's like, and I love it better in Clerks 2 because it's it's the callback yep but this one is fucking hilarious it's just these two kids just 15 bucks little, little man, man put that, that shit in my no hand. that's still this movie yeah, they roll that, into that that's what yeah. I'm saying. but it's just like that compared to like clerks too uh, it's yeah, fucking yeah. hilarious <laughs> yes and he's like put that shit <laughs> in my hand if you <laughs> don't you owe me, owe if, me if, oh, if that money doesn't show you then you owe me yo me yo my jungle love he's like hey what the oh, fuck is that yo, he's like yo. and they just lose their shit <laughs> <Yes>. over purple <laughs> rain <laughs> their favorite movie is purple rain <laughs> 
And it just Morris Day in the motherfucking time. And it's just like that's the goddamn it. It's you guys just listen to Morris Day and probably Funkadelic and more and the Gap Band. Probably <laughs> y'all just get fucking stoned out of your mind and just fucking listen to funk music from the seventies. And you know what? That makes Jay and Silent Bob probably the coolest stoners to hang out with. Yeah, because <laughs> all of a sudden it's like you blaze up with them. All of a sudden Jackson Five comes blaring yeah. through the stereo, and, like, and you're just, like, "Oh fuck yeah!" They're super fucking aggressive to begin with. They're just they're they're just like. That's just the fucking man notes. I fucking kick the shit out of you. And it's just like, he's a kid. Never about, disrespect the time. I mean, you never respect more, disrespect more as a day of the time. <laughs> but, it, it, you know, they find out about the comic book. We get Dante and Randall Because that twice. was the thing they established in Dogma was that the Ben Affleck character and the um, Jason Lee character were working on Bloodman and Chronic based upon these two drug dealers yeah. that Ben Affleck knew and all this other and shit. And Jason Lee plays two characters in this, which I fucking love. Uh, well, he's got to. Yeah, he has to. I had, uh, so they, yeah, their so, identities so that, are been stolen or procured to make a comic book and then into a movie. Yes, because the Brody character sold his port. Well, Ben Affleck sold his portion to the Brody character. The Brody mm-hmm. character then sold the license off to the big studio mm-hmm. house, Miramax. Yes, and <laughs> which. Uh, uh, Jay and Silent Bob get no cut of and they're yeah. not okay with that they want their motherfucking movie check yeah. or to stop this shit from being made which comes into the, the later on into the Silent Bob monologue and it's like no <laughs> you used our likenesses and it's just a fucking yep. great monologue but this them trying to get from one end of the country to the other is the odyssey oh my god it's so great and so so as they go for they meet people like Carrie Fisher. They meet people like George Carlin, who is the main aspect of the film. Just Carrie like, Fisher is a nun. Yes, a holy roller who's running around, who knows the, the good book. Yes. <laughs> so you, you honor? You, you're about You that follow one. the book? Of course. <laughs> and then he just tries to go down on her. <laughs> and as soon as she just tries to run off the fucking road, get the fuck out of my car, you pieces of shit. And he's just like, man, that guy fucking lied, man. This <laughs> my ass. And they... They're just rolling on, and they meet Scoob in the gang, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, fucked and, up Scoob in the gang. And they're the fucking best Scoob in the gang of any other iteration of live action because it's one line dialogue. I wish they were street hitchhiking girl, girls. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just Velma just like, and like, I love the the subtlety of Jay and Silent Bob just sitting in the back and he's just like <laughs> like that girl's a fucking lesbian <laughs> and they would know <laughs> you know Will Ferrell's in this movie too yes as a, as a, <laughs> that comes in later but it so, does it does yeah so, we'll get there so, Sorry, so they I'm meet, jumping they, ahead so after, after Scooby the gang kicked them the fuck out yeah they end up out of movies mm-hmm. and end up seeing the four women come yes. out. One being, uh, I believe, Kevin Smith's wife. Yep. Uh, Elijah Dushku. Uh, I can't remember who the other girl was, but then there was the uh, main one that Jay falls in love with immediately. Um, who was who was an American Pie? I remember that. Getting the cast pulled up here. All right, we got Shannon Elizabeth as Justice. Eliza Dushku as Sissy. Allie Larder. Allie as, Larder is yeah, I forget. Yeah, it's Chrissy, Lauder. and then Jennifer Schwalbach is Missy. Yeah, yeah uh, Lauder Lauder's in a lot of like Joss Whedon stuff. She's like in Buffy, all them, all you know, that old CW shit back yeah. before it became all comic books. Shannon Elizabeth, though, god damn. Yeah, <laughs> I remember watching that the first time and just being like, she is fucking 
gorgeous. She was in a, she was in scary movie. She yeah. gets her head cut off. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but uh, Elijah Dushku is fucking hilarious, and she was big at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was when those uh, cheer movies came out. Same fucking thing. Yeah, but uh, so they're coming out, and Sean William Scott's with them. <laughs> this this guy reminds me of lesbian seagulls <laughs> beavis and butthead you tell me he doesn't he's not the same fucking dude hey there misters <laughs> hey there fellas and uh so they decide to hitchhike with them and not so, like just go through some exposition yeah <laughs> they decide to hitchhike with them and there's immediate tension between jason uh, uh sean william scott and jason muse which i fucking love and i'm just like Hey man, let me ask you a question. Let me let me give you a fucking. It, it's like it reminds me of that Harold Kumar George Bush speech. It's like, do you like sucking dick? No. Well, you like getting your dick sucked, don't you? You're a fucking hypocriser too. <laughs> but it's that conversation, and he's just like, it all ends with a punchline. This guy wants to fucking go sheep, sheep. This guy's a fucking dirty sheep fucker, and they toss him out, and like the women just panic immediately, and just yeah. like. Fuck! <laughs> we gotta get this fixed. Well, just, yeah, because the entire time they, they say that they're on their way to liberate animals from a testing facility. And Jay's first comment is, "What the fuck is wrong with you, bitches?" Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, but eventually, he's just like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm all about some saving some monkeys and shit." Because he just wants to get laid. Uh, yeah. So they set it up as if Even they're the there. Snake. Yeah. So they, they set it up as if they're there to just liberate some animals. Mm-hmm. But in reality, the girls are actually international jewel thieves. Yes. Which is fucking hilarious. So, so they, they drop them off outside the testing facility. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. You go start without us, essentially. Mm-hmm. So they go find this monkey later named Suzanne. Yeah, so they find an orangutan. Yes. In the thing. Not only that, but they find, you know, snakes, squirrels, birds, and all kinds of fucking rabbits and shit. And they're like, we got to let them go. Mm-hmm. Because they're, they're being tested. They're animal testing. Which, yeah. okay, morally, yeah, let's let them go. Maybe, maybe we think about it for a second. Maybe he has, like, some weird version of AIDS or some shit that might kill us all. Um, which does come up later in the movie. But they're doing the whole heist thing. And they're doing like basically the entrapment fucking yeah. like James Bond kind of shit. And Ellie Lauder just fails because she basically just shits her pants. <laughs> yeah, the very end, like they yeah. all get through. Fuck, and that little, that long haired stoner fuck was right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Women who eat fast food fart. <laughs> and so they abandoned, and there's the assumption that the girls die. Yeah. Because they see the van explode and all that shit. And they've well, succeeded in what they did. And right, well, so we we also have to bring up one of the best lines that happened right before they went into the testing facility mm-hmm. to add to all of this because this this they take this joke and use it three different times in the movie, and each time it gets funnier. So, <laughs> one of the girls pulls out a camcorder and was just like, "Jay, do you have any thoughts on the pussy?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> on, the, on the clitoris yeah and he's just like I have a thought or two and she's like well why don't you tell me about the clit and it's just like the, the most viral video you would have seen at that time yeah. and he's just like I am the clit commander I command the clit you see clit you see this fucking face like like grabbing yeah. pinching like this rubbing up against and my nose and it's fucking hilarious <laughs> great A so you're laughing at that already okay 
Well, you learn in like the following scenes after the van exploding and Jay having his big justice, justice, and the background music, justice, <laughs> justice. <laughs> <laughs> so you know you've got your big moments like that. Uh, so they run off with the monkey and all that shit. Well, all of a sudden, it's all over the news. Yes. And this is where Will Ferrell comes in. Yes. Because he's part of the Department of Wildlife. Mm-hmm. And he has to catch this fucking monkey. Now, he's dumber than shit. And it's fucking fantastic. Because we also get another person who shows up later on, and it's Judd Nelson yes. from fucking The Breakfast Club. And he's the uh, sheriff that's in town. So they make their way after the viral video of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you remember the little animation? We are the clip. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, uh, he's like, well, fuck, now I gotta go track these pieces of shit down. <sighs> Some shit happens at the Hoover Dam, blah, blah, blah. Before that, they end up in the diner. Yes. And this is where, this is where I just, it's just a play on the whole thing. It's like, no, they're still inside. This is my, heterosexual life mate uh bill <laughs> and it's just like he we, loves the, the cock he's just like uh, hold on guys this is just like dude those are the guys I mean, is just losing his shit yeah. those are the fucking guys it's like that is not a boy that is an ape <laughs> of the ape family and it's just because it, will ferrell calls it a fucking monkey yeah <laughs> and he just corrects them <laughs> and he's just like the famous line he's like I'm not you guys. I'm not gonna get in trouble for killing this butt fucking Brady bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect fucking lines. Perfect it's lines. Amazing. And he's like, all right, guys, let's go get him. And it's like the realization. Fuck, that was them. <laughs> and they do the whole, uh, what do you call it? The uh, the fugitive standoff at the yes. dam. And he ends up falling through the dam because he's just a fucking idiot. Yep. Takes a running charge, and they're on, they're on the they're on the highway that's on top of Hoover Dam. Yeah, and they're they're just trying to get everything, and a, cl- a bus comes by, a grabs truck, the a monkey, truck, yeah, a yeah. truck, and uh, gra- grabs the orangutan, rather. Grabs Sorry, the, grabs the, the great ape, <laughs> ape. and and, uh, and drives off. It just drives the fuck off, and then we get the most irritating <laughs> version of Silent Bob, where he's just like the back of the van <laughs> said critters of Hollywood. Hollywood. You, you dumb. dumb. Fuck! <laughs> and he's just like, because he's signing. He's like, don't fucking do this fucking yeah. signing shit. You know, I hate that shit. And he's just like, God damn. He's like, doing the square finger uh-huh. motion. He's just like, <laughs> just, I, just beat him with a rock. <laughs> <laughs> but they go to Hollywood. And this is like the climax. This is the third act of the movie. Which well, see, and this is where the joke shows up again, too, because now Will Ferrell's getting on TV with, um, oh, God. Uh, not Colbert, but the other guy, John Stewart. Stewart. Yeah. He's getting on TV with John Stewart talking about the clit. Yeah. And they are just running this joke hard because the acronym for clit is the coral, uh, the collation uh, for the liberation of in interent. I T I N E R A N T. Let me see. Uh, I can better read it. A- English hard. Yeah. <laughs> The Coalition for the Liberation of Liberation of Interrent Tree Dwellers. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> that, that that's a mouthful. Or or like Will Ferrell, these little clitties. Yes, <laughs> the, the derogatory term for the eco terrorists are well, clitties. So, so they're like you know the the clit can be um, pretty sensitive. He's like, yes, we don't want to apply too much pressure to the clit. Yes. You know, they're just making it, like it, these it, back and forth deadpan jokes. Yeah, it is. It is. 
fucking hilarious. <laughs> is there is the clit even real? Like, uh, yeah, they're just making these. John Stewart keeping his fucking face. And this is back when John Stewart would show up at a lot of stuff. And yep, he was at the faculty here, I think, around that time. And um, yeah, it, it's just a perfect fucking scene because just to skip over a lot of stuff. Yeah, because they they wind up getting onto the movie lot and they're yep. like running through all these different they, sets. They they uh, meet. Um, fuck what's his name from the uh mike judge collection is uh diedrich bader yes as the guard and he wants fellatio <laughs> <laughs> and it's weird but they they meet they meet uh when, the, when they meet climax uh, won't you say why not this was such a lovely, lovely tea party <laughs> <laughs> they meet james vanderbeek and the guy that fucked the pie yep because they're playing Jay and Silent Bob in the movie. He's like, I'm playing Ray. And it's just like, and my friend Bill. Jeez. And James Vanderbeek just throws this. Did you even fucking read this shit? <laughs> He's like the only one that's taking it seriously. <laughs> and it's like, everyone's like, hey, it's the pie fucker. He's like, you know, I have a name. He's just like, I do one fucking movie. I do one movie and it sticks with me. Everyone calls me the fucking pie fucker, which with, again, with I get with Dory. Yeah. And I love the fact that he was so willing to poke fun at himself like that. Yeah. Oh man, you were great in guys and dolls. No, 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 you're the guy that fucked the pie. That's all I'll ever be fucking known for. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and then you get uh Ben Affleck and um um uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon showing Matt, up. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> but it's also it, it's it's kind of making fun of like unnecessary sequels after yes. that because there's like Goodwill Hunting two hunting Hunt- season go. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I don't like them apples, Bill. And then Goodwill Hunting just pulls out a fucking shotgun and shoots this motherfucker in a bar. <laughs> and they're just like, what the fuck? And like even Matt Damon's like, dude. What the fuck? This doesn't yeah. even make any goddamn sense. Uh, Matt, shut the fuck up while he's counting money. <laughs> shut the shut fuck up. up. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And they go from set to set. They go to the new Scream movie where it's Shannon Doherty. Yep. Who's about to be murdered by a fucking orangutan. And she's yep. super fucking... Really, Wes? And Wes Craven is in it. Uh-huh. And he's like, really, Wes? Are you even trying anymore? We've done market research, and we found out that kids love monkeys. And then they steal the fucking... Mon- this is our fucking child. Leave us alone. <laughs> and it's like, and he looks at Shannon. See, people fucking love monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing leads to another. We meet Chris Rock again. Yes. As uh, Spanky. The uh, <laughs> Spanky Taylor, I think his name was. Cracker, uh, cracker, cracker, cracker. And it's, and it's Jamie Kennedy. And the whole argument with him and Jason Lee, he's like, you are nothing. You're a tracer. <laughs> All you motherfuckers are tracers. Bill Cosby did that shit. Go give with- me my motherfucking coffee. Yeah. Is it you spitting this? No, no, no sir. No, no, sir. Spit, spit free. Spit free. Uh-huh. Yeah, I bet you spit this. And still drinks it. <laughs> yeah. No, he, uh, he uh, splashes his face. So go give me another one. Crackle. <laughs> yeah, you don't like the fact that a big black man is running this movie set, huh? <laughs> yeah, and it's just fucking like, no, a no, solid joke. Like, no, no, sir, I don't I don't see a problem with this. At all. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, probably eat you up inside that a black man in charge of this crack-ass movie. <laughs> yeah, and then the whole, the whole uh, Blunt Man and Chronic scene starts, and Mark Hamill shows up. Yeah, Mark, and I love the freeze frame. Hey, kids, it's Mark Hamill. <laughs> As Cockknocker. Cockknocker. And you know what? This is not his worst role. It's not. It's not because I've seen him as a preacher who tried to shoot a child in a movie <laughs> called The Village. Well, I saw him as a Jedi to almost kill a child, too. So, yeah. I mean, fuck. Yeah. But uh, it's so funny seeing him in this because it's like you are pulling a lot of strings at Miramax or even the Weinstein Company, basically, because they all were doing movies around that time. Um, 
And with Miramax, it just makes it even funnier because they're just shitting on that fucking studio. Uh, but I love the fact that he got two people from Star Wars in this movie, yeah. Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill. It's yeah. like how it's like that goes to show his pull already mm-hmm. that those two people are willing to play in the sandbox and you know just have fun. I think, with I think it. a lot of it was, hey, you know, guys, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. Um, I'm in the movie business now. I would really love it if you guys were in the movie. Or like there were some strings pulled. Maybe not by him himself. Maybe just producers of the movie who were like, Yeah, Kevin Smith's a big fan. Let's let's surprise him. Let's get him some good roles. Yeah. No, like no, that. it was his casting folks reaching yeah. out and stuff. Yeah. So this is it was still just really cool because he had just built those relationships. Yeah, there's small enough parts that there are fucking hilarious. Yep. Uh oh, fun fact. Uh, we do see two other versions of Jay and Silent Bob when they get to Hollywood, and it's uh, Tracy uh, uh, Tracy Morgan and his silent friend Dave. Yes. And wait, you want the job? We're Fuck always on the, the job. job. <laughs> Local three oh five. They're unionized. He's like, yeah. Oh shit. You guys union? Nah, man, we're still waiting for dental. It's like, yeah, all the weed dealers in the country are union. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's such a fucking pull. It's so good. Local 305. And I'm just like, I'll always remember that. <laughs> but like the women show up and then... Uh, Will love- Ferrell shows up. Everyone fucking shows up. And Chris Rock's line was... You guys, hey, ladies, come back to my trailer. I got a pot for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then when the cops show up, he goes, there are too many damn crackers on this film. I'm out. <laughs> I'll be in my trailer. Yeah. And uh, the fight, the fight for them and Mark Hamill, the fight between Will Ferrell and the women. Mm-hmm. And it just all accommodates into a weird fight scene. Yeah, and it also culminates into in the middle of the fight scene is when Silent Bob finally speaks and he's just like, "No, no." He yeah. finally meets up with Brody. He's like, "Brody, you motherfucker!" Well, Jay's like, "Why are you here ruining sh- my life?" <laughs> yeah, Jason's giving him some shit, and Brody's like, "Come on, man, this is just the movie business." Yada yada yada. And he's like, "You know, where's our cut?" He goes, "You don't get a cut." Actually, yeah. And then the Silent Bob, <laughs> yeah, the whole, whole uh, mantra is like, "No, you use our likenesses, you piece of shit." Yeah. And because of that, you need to pay us money. He's like, "I'm gonna. This is gonna ruin my fucking career in Hollywood." Mm-hmm. Doesn't fucking matter, asshole. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> give us our movie check, bitch. Will Ferrell makes a back alley deal with the uh, um, old girl, mm-hmm. gets them all arrested, and they end it. They go to the premiere of the movie at the very end of the movie. It's fucking fantastic. They go to the premiere of the movie. They come out. And they're like, holy shit, Morris Day and the Time are playing across the street. And as they're coming out of the movie, you yeah, we see, see a, a bunch of people that you hadn't yeah. seen. Yes, so it's like you get a fanboy and tell him Steve Dave. And he's like, would you quit saying that? Because yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, tell him Steve Dave. He's like, quit it. <laughs> and then you get Chase and Amy. Yep. And she's like, it's so fucking stupid. And she's like, well, didn't you have that thing with that one guy? And he's like, like, shut up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that was that was just fucking stupid. Yeah. And then you find out that Brody, uh, yeah, Jason Lee's character yeah. is in a homosexual relationship the whole time. <laughs> and it's fucking hilarious. But Jay just yelling, hey, guys, across the street, it's Morris Day and the time. Yep. And it it's the full band. Yep. S- surprisingly, the full band's there. And... 
It's on a big musical number, and they get up on stage, they do the dance. And uh, old girl's asking, hey, could you uncuff me? Yes, <laughs> Fuck no. He's like, uh, I will shoot you in the back, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it ends with Jungle Love. Yep. And that perfect fucking oh, ending. And we get all the fucking like, uh, bloopers at the end, which yeah. I don't think we had bloopers before in a Kevin Smith movie, but solid S-tier movie. Could watch it every day. No. <laughs> I had, Absolutely I actually agree. Had, this is one of the first DVDs I did buy. It was a double. Yes. Disc. It was the double disc with the box on top. And what's fucked up is because the menu was on it, I had a cheap DVD player and I lost the remote, so I couldn't press the enter button to get it to play. Oh, <laughs> that's so fucked up. <laughs> I've I got to, it, I but it's dollar, so far I, away. I was with my buddy and my car was in the shop, so I had to walk like four blocks to a Dollar General to buy a universal remote. And then I, then I forgot to buy batteries. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was back when Netflix didn't exist like it does. No streaming service. Everything was pirated like God intended. (laughs) (laughs) Well, looking at the time on the uh, recorder, I think this is actually a good little pause point. And we'll do a part two to this because this is kind of like an end of an era for him. Because Mm -hmm. after this, uh, he does kind of run off the rails a little bit. I feel like the next few movies we're going to talk about weren't necessarily his productions and, you know, I may not have as much information on them, but the movie encyclopedia over here, I feel like is seeing all those. So we'll be able to really discuss those in detail and kind of talk about the Google hunting to hunting season. Yeah. The, <laughs> the low point And then the eventual build back up of the Kevin Smith universe. But for this episode of the couch potatoes, I've been Alex and Chris. Do you have any sort of final thoughts for us? I'm not going to overstep and say, I'm going to shoot this butt-fucking-Brady Bunch over here. All right? All right, they're trying to have a family, goddammit, with this mutant-fucking-child over here. Goddammit, man, those are the guys.